In today's show, we're looking at the Brooklyn Nets for the upcoming NBA season. Fantasy basketball, sleepers, bus, ADPs, values, breakouts, flyers, Mickey Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So it's Brooklyn Nets time. We're going to talk about the Nets. Going to give you another opportunity to enter into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm recording this straight after the Celtics show. So by the time this goes out, some of the Celtics invites will have been sent out. Some of them won't have. In general, within 24 to 36 hours after a show is published, all the invites will be out. So if you haven't received an invite, I can't go through and tell everyone, sorry, you didn't make it into this one um, because there's too many of them. Um, if you haven't received an invite like 36 hours or so after the show has posted, then you probably haven't got one and you want to apply for the next one. So we're doing locked, uh, not locked on, we're doing Brooklyn Nets here. So your subject line is Nets and then whether you want categories, so Nets Cats or Nets Points. And then there'll be another question later in the show to put in the subject line, chuck whatever you want in the body of that email, tell me whatever. Tell me something interesting. Tell me a story, whatever you want to do that might get you into this league, whether that's in the categories or the points. You can have a team in the categories portion and a points portion as well. And these will be majority. Nearly every one of them will be a slow draft um, uh, to try and get in and win this title of, you know, the best out of the 360 teams that end up making it in. I think we've got, how many teams we've got? We've got about 80, I think, in at the moment, um, which is pretty cool. And there's going to, obviously, we're going to fill up to three or 80 in the category league. Um, and we're going to fill up more of these as we go along. So if you do want to be in, rules are linked below. You can see some of the basics there on the screen. But we'll give the question that I want answered later in the show for you to get in here and talk uh, or get to be a part of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Let's look at the Brooklyn Nets and how their season and their schedule looks. They play 51 quality games, which is bang on average in the NBA. So, you know, it's better than the bad ones, better than the Hawks, who are at 46. It's worse than the Celtics, who are at 54. Uh, It's right on there, Um, which helps some of those lower-range guys a little bit. We'll talk about them. Nicky Claxton, Seth Curry, maybe. TJ Warrens, perhaps, the guys you get off the waiver wire. When you're right on average with quality games, you get a bit of use out of these players. They have 14 back-to-backs. I don't think that Kyrie and KD and Simmons will routinely sit every back-to-back. I think out of those three guys, Simmons is most likely to sit back-to-backs early in the season, coming off back surgery. I don't think it'll be a regular thing necessarily. Joe Harris also might be impacted by back-to-backs. League average is 13 back-to-backs. The most in the NBA is 15. So it's not like it's a big difference. That's one game different, right, from the max where they are. But it's also, they're also one game away from average. But 
you know, if a team play has tw- 10 back-to-backs or actually, what is the fewest amount of back-to-backs? I think it's 12. Yeah, so it's, it's not very striated. 12 to 15. So you have three more back-to-backs as the max team. Yeah, you know, the average is 13. So most teams are in the 12 to 13 range. So, you know, 14 is not ideal. It's obviously not a killer. It's not like we're talking 30 back-to-backs versus 10 back-to-backs. It's a couple of games. Playoff-wise, relatively strong playoff schedule early. If you finish on March the 19th, which I recommend, they have 11 games, a 4-4-3. If you finish March the 26th, they have 11 games, a 4-3-4. If you finish April 2nd, Yahoo default, they only play 10 games. That's a 3-4-3. Not ideal. Not ideal in that week. Or in that um, that three-week playoff schedule. Not ideal at all. So, what impacts the Brooklyn Nets projections? Everything. There's so much stuff. It's a weird team. It's a weird team. One of the teams with some of the... Uh, it's got some of the most question marks of any team in the NBA. What will happen with KD? I want to trade. I don't want to trade. Will he want to trade later on? Like Honestly, who knows? That is a question. I am less worried about KD because if he does want to trade, I don't think he will sit out. Maybe he will. I don't think he will. And if he does get traded, he's Kevin Durant. Like I just think he's going to do basically what he does. Wherever he goes, he does what he does. It doesn't change very much for him. It changes the other guys if he goes to another team, but it doesn't change much for him. So he's relatively solid at the top end of drafts. I get it if you don't want to take him at two. And in a head-to-head category league, I wouldn't take him at two. In a points league, I wouldn't take him at two. In a roto league, I would consider it. In a, in a points league, he's back-end first round. In a head-to-head category league, he's in the top five. He's four or five, maybe six. In a roto league, he's two or three to me. I'm, injuries are a concern. Age is a concern, although he's not really seeing any age-related drop-off. But injuries and lower body stuff is a concern given the amount of injuries he's had um, over the last year, that bad hamstring injury last season. Then he came back and played like 38 minutes a night, including back-to-backs down the stretch and was a key force into the fantasy playoffs. So we can look at games missed, but he was there when you needed him. And that's why that stuff is so hard. Kyrie, who knows? The vaccine thing won't be an issue for home games this year. It will be an issue he won't play in Toronto. That's two games. It's not a big deal. Um, But who knows what else happens? Part of the issue we had with Kyrie two or three years ago was he was always seemed to be hurt. Consistent knee problems and would miss games. Shoulder issue and miss games. And then we had social justice issues and then we had vaccine issues. And now today, just after I'm recording this or just before I'm recording this, he's sharing clips of Alex Jones talking about a new world order. And I'm sorry, Kyrie, you're, you're like legitimately an idiot. Like, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think the criticism of Kyrie goes too far. Uh, he should be criti- This is ridiculous. Like you're sharing Alex Jones stuff. I, I don't know how that flies with locker rooms. I don't know. If, is there anything that... One random thing that happens, could that set him off again? I feel like he's in real... I, I'm I'm way more... And I know it's only just a random share of a clip on your Instagram. But I would never do that. Most people would never share Alex Jones clips. So who know, I don't know where this guy's headspace is. I honestly don't... Maybe, am I overreacting this? Maybe. But it makes me way more cautious about drafting Kyrie. Just, I just, okay, is he actually just going to do something else and disappear? Because okay, this is, it's, it's just an extra thing that always happens. And again, Kyrie does a lot of good charity work. I think sometimes, and a lot of the time, the criticism is way too harsh of him. But for this one, like, it's just an extra thing. It's like, Kyrie, what are you doing? And, and I get worried about it now. 
He's a first-round per-game player. In, in category leagues, yes. In points leagues, probably not. He's probably he's not as good of a points league guy. He's probably a back-end second. But with the, the worry about availability, either through injury, which he's avoided because he's missed games for other reasons in the last couple of years, or if it's the other stuff, you can't take him in the first, I don't think. I would have taken him probably top of the second previously. Um, I had him at 15 in my head-to-head ranks. I'm like 13 in Roto. I'd probably bump him a little bit more down now. Yeah, late second round, I'd, I'd guess. I'm just It just adds an extra little bit of caution, I, I think. And I, I know there are going to be people watching this and listening to this who you know, go, oh, why are you trying to suppress free speech or some bullshit like that? All right. Drop the comments. I don't. I don't actually care. Like, this bloke just got sued for fifty million dollars for perpetuating a lie and harassing victims' families. Alex Jones. Um, I wouldn't be sharing that guy's stuff on my Instagram story. Simple as that. And then we've got. More, there's more stuff on this team. Do they actually? How much do they use a real center? They've got two centers on this team. I guess. Yeah, he probably is at this point a real a uh, uh, full-time center. Mark F. Morris, so three. But it's Nick Claxton and Dayron Sharp who are their full-time centers. How much do they use them? Do they actually play 48 minutes a night with a center? Or does KD and Simmons hold the center position down? That's a question, isn't it? Because that impacts the upside of someone like Nick Claxton. Because if they are going to run a center the whole time, and and a Claxton-Simmons pairing is a little iffy, but if Claxton plays 29 minutes, it's great value. If he plays 22, it's no value. Do they do what they've done in the past? With, with had Aldridge and Griffin and Claxton and playing like three center rotations, killing all of their value? Maybe they do. Sharp, Claxton, Morris, even Simmons. Yeah, that, That's an impact on, on that value. And then Simmons, outside of New Orleans and Zion Williamson, I think Ben Simmons is almost the league's biggest X factor. Didn't play at all last season. Is he right mentally to play? Is he right physically to play? Where's his back at? What role does he take on? Because he's not nominally going to be the point guard. That's probably going to be Kyrie. But Simmons is still going to orchestrate a lot. What's his usage going to look like? He's going to defend well. Steals nice, blocks nice, rebounds nice. His rebounds might go up if he plays more center. Field goal percentage will be really strong. If his free throws are bad. But does he score 10 points a game or 16? In the past in Philadelphia, he was not the worst scorer. He wasn't great. It's like 15, 16, 17 points around that mark. But might be 12 points here. Usage dropping down. Is there so much to question about where Simmons is at or what he's going to produce? We haven't seen him play since the playoffs two years ago. We just don't know. And we don't know where he's at or how he even fits with these other guys on this team. We, we do not know. But what we do know is that Online is the number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Thursday night game is in the books. I don't know the result of the Chiefs and the Chargers. I hope the Chargers won, but I've got no idea. You can find all of the football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including week two action over at betonline.net. Pick another game. You've got the Rams 10-point favorites over the Falcons. Is that too high? Seems like it's the highest one. There's a couple of other 10-pointers. The Packers are 10-point favorites over the Bears. The Bills are 10-point favorites over the Titans. The Broncos are 10-point favorite over the Texans. And all of those spreads and totals are available at BetOnline, including other sports, Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Locked on NBA and BetOnline, the odds makers there, we're teaming up. 
providing the top 50 players who move betting lines in the NBA, the top 50 most valuable players. It starts on September the 19th. You can find it on Locked On NBA or wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Let's look at some breakout candidates for the Brooklyn Nets. It's the two centers to me that I'm looking at to really take a step forward. I think if they were to play equal minutes, Dayron Sharp and Nick Claxton, Sharp might be the better fantasy guy, but I do worry that he'll be a little bit buried and then we'll get Markeith Morris getting prioritized over him. But he's one just to watch. Claxton's the obvious one. He was 197th last season in 21 minutes. I do expect with Griffin and Aldridge and Drummond gone that Claxton can play more minutes. But as I said earlier... What if he plays 23 minutes and they run small or they run three centers, including Markeith Morris? That is the worry. Now, I like taking Claxton late. His block numbers, his field goal percentage, rebounds are all solid. He's a good pick and roll guy. But how does the spacing look with him and Simmons? That could be a real problem. Not that not that um, Daron Sharp's a shooter, but Morris can be. So maybe he's a better fit at center, although his body, how does that hold up at age? How old is Morris? 33. And he looked pretty bad last season. Um, but they're, they're two interesting breakout sort of players. Locked on Fantasy Bowl entry time. The question you must answer in the body of that email, Nets cats in the subject, Nets points if you want a points league in the subject. The question is, how many minutes per game did Nick Claxton play last season? How many minutes per game did Nick Claxton play last season? 21. How many minutes did Nick Claxton play per game last season? Drop that in your application, along with whatever else you want to throw in there. Let's look at fantasy sleepers. I've got this, I've got Kyrie, again, I just expressed a bunch of concern about Kyrie for this upcoming season. His ADP on Fantrax is 18, probably about right. On Yahoo, it's 16, probably about right. On ESPN, it's 50. And his rank on ESPN is 75. That's crazy. I, I will take that risk on Kyrie. At 50, at 40, at 30, pretty much every single draft. Even though there are all these concerns, and there are going to be people here who are watching this, listening to this, who throw the opposite. They go, well, Josh, it's a contract year. He's going to prove it. And contract year is nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. But there are people who will go the opposite way and go, no, nah, Kyrie's going to play 75 games. Probably not. And put up huge numbers. My argument against that would be, it was also a contract year for him last season, and he clearly showed that he did not care about money. Did not care at all. Because if he had have cared that much about money, he would have got vaccinated and played. He didn't care. He sat, forfeited so much money last season, and we'll see where that leads him now. I think Ben Simmons is a sleeper, but maybe we're just, maybe we're too asleep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But he's ranked, well, his ADP is 88 on Yahoo. 94 on ESPN. This is a guy that's top 30 upside points league value, top 40 value category value, especially if you're punting free throws. I'm more than happy to take somewhat of a risk, depending on what else I've done in leagues at that spot. Now, his ADP on Fantrax is 61. I'm not sure the value is there. But at 94 on ESPN, at 88 on Yahoo, yeah, there's potentially, depending on your league top, 50 spots of value there for both of those. That's a lot. And that's where you get into a situation. What have I done earlier? If I take him at round, yeah, I pick 90. And remember, that's average. Like, so in some leagues, he goes at 94. Somebody goes at 100. Somebody goes at 105. Somebody goes at 70. If he's sitting there at 100, 
I'll take I'll take it. And then if I need to drop him because he doesn't play, um, oh well. See you later. It's not ideal, but it's not like wasting a third round pick. I think Claxton might also be a bit of a sleeper. Again, there is risk though. Yahoo's at 125, so there is value in that. ESPN, he's ranked 274, which is crazy. That is a great last round pick on ESPN. Fantrax, he's got an ADP of 111. And I don't think that's sleeper value. I think that's sort of about right. If not, maybe edging too high with the uncertainty. But at 125, some value. 274, a gigantic amount of value. With busts, there's not that many. I do think Paddy Mills is a huge bust candidate this season. Mills last season was the 224th ranked player. He played 29 minutes a game. That's in category leagues. And in points, he was 231st. He did most of his damage because Kyrie Irving was out and he was the starting point guard. So now this season, not only is Kyrie back, but Ben Simmons is there to play point guard. Joe Harris was out all of last season. And now we have a full season of Seth Curry. There is no way to me that Mills gets those same numbers at last season, but he's ranked... His ADP is 139 on Yahoo. Foolish. Do not bother with that. I, don't, I know I, you know, when we get to the last rounds, we take flyers. This is a waste of a flyer pick. Absolute waste. 106 on fan tracks. What is going on? Who is doing that? Was, there, was he drafted in exactly one league at pick 106? Because that is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Do not, I love Paddy Mills. Absolute legend. Best bloke. Great player. Storied career. Legendary Australian absolute burning of a pick at 106 if you take him there in fantasy. No need for it. And even at ESPN, he's at 179. That's still expecting gigantic improvement from last season. Where's it coming from? Where? It's not. That's a waste. I think all of that, yeah, that applies to point season category leagues as well. Royce O'Neal's ranked at 159 on ESPN. I don't think Royce O'Neal's going to start for this team. He'll get some playing time, but I, I don't even like taking him with a last-round pick. He's ranked 159 on ESPN. In points leagues, I wouldn't bother. In category leagues, is there any upside? Is he going to play more than he did in Utah? I, I highly, highly doubt that. I think he's lost a little bit of a step from where he was. He was 146 last season in category leagues, 31 minutes a night. I don't think he gets back to that. I, I don't, don't think it's worth it. And then in points leagues, Seth Curry is at 113. His ADP is 113. I think that's a real waste in a points league. He was 120th last season, Seth, in twenty or in 33 minutes a night. Now he has to deal with probably a full season of, well, close to a full season of Durant, Irving, the addition of Simmons, the return of Harris. I don't think he's going to be in the same sort of situation, Seth, that he was last season. It's not a terrible pick at 113. If I got him at 140, I'd be okay with that, right? But at 113, that's still like, that's round 10. That's still starter level type of players that you're looking at in a 12-team format. And I'm definitely not taking Seth Curry to be one of my best 10 players to be one of my starters. Round 12, round 13, all right, no problem. And in a points league, his value just isn't as high as, I don't think, as what it is in a um, in a category league. Where he was top 100 in category leagues last season. He was 88th. I don't think he's anywhere near that again. But in points leagues at 113, not, not interested at all. Not in the slightest. Let's look at some upside flyer guys. I already talked about Claxton, but he's generally not going to be available in the last round unless you're drafting on ESPN where he's ranked 270th and he's got an ADP outside their usual draftable range. So he's interesting there. The other guys, if you want to take a flyer, like Dayron Sharp, if Sharp played 25 minutes, he would probably crack standard league value. I don't think it's going to happen, 
But if you're drafting before preseason and then we see, hey, all of a sudden, Sharp's out there getting 24 and splitting them with Claxon, then I'm really interested in it. But we get more of an idea when we see what happens in the preseason. I think TJ Warren's also interesting. Now, Warren has basically missed two years. Last time we saw him healthy was in the bubble. And we don't expect those numbers from him again. He's shot out of his brain and he's not that good. He has missed now the last two years with a broken foot. He was only able to garner a minimum contract. That gives me concern that teams are really scared about the injury and that they don't think that he's fully ready to go. I also, at this point, don't think there's a starting job available. Kyrie, KD, Simmons, Claxton, probably Curry, if not Curry, Harris. So I'm not sure where Warren fits in. But let's say Simmons can't play and Warren is healthy, then he starts. Starts at the three or the four, however you want to clarify him and Durant or classify. He starts. He won't have the usage he had in Indiana, but he can be an efficient scorer who hits some threes, maybe some steals. He might be worth it. I probably would avoid him personally. I just think there are too many question marks there. But if we start to get negative information on Ben Simmons and positive information on TJ Warren, then I'll start to be a little bit more interested. He's available last rounds. I don't think I would. I don't think I'm that interested in it, or I would do it. But it's he's worth mentioning. He's a guy that was good for many years. He's also one of the slowest healers that we've seen in the NBA. So how does the roster look? Again, I predict their starters to be Kyrie, Curry, Durant, Simmons, and Claxton. You could replace Curry with Joe Harris there. I, I just don't know how confident I am in Joe Harris's ankle after multiple surgeries. He barely played last season. I don't think we... He could, it could be Harris over Curry very easily. I don't think there's really much else you can look at there. Again, unless they just say I'm starting Simmons at center and then Warren starts or O'Neal starts. Steve Nash mixes up lineups a lot. That could be a problem too with solidifying the value. I talked about your Kyrie. I look at as a probably late second guy now. Curry is a guy that I look at maybe 11 or 12, less so in points leagues. Durant, we, we've discussed that as well at length. Like we're looking at him in the uh, in the top ranges, you know, top three for Roto, you know, top, five, top five to six in head-to-head categories, top eight for points probably. Simmons is really, really going late, and this may be a top 50 player. If you're in a situation in a category where you are punting free throws, his value is really immense later on. And then Claxton, a nice later round guy with an, a huge element of risk. I'm not interested in drafting Joe Harris. Not only am I worried about his ankle, but he's not a high upside fantasy player. He hits threes, and he can do that really well. But is there enough usage for him to have any impact at all? Remember, he got benched on this team at times when he was healthy because they have mixed the lineups up. And now there is Curry who can fully fill into that role as well, and Simmons is around too. So I just don't think there's any upside in Harris in a 12-team league. He becomes one of those guys that if he is healthy, when we talk about, hey, you can get threes off the waiver wire easily, that's where you get him. He might average 12 points with three threes and, and nothing else, but you can get those threes from him off the wire, and that's where you get him. TJ Warren talked about Royce O'Neal, no upside. Look, fine in a 16-team league, I, I got that's okay. Back-end sort of guy there, but upside limited. Dayron Sharp, a lot of upside. We just want to watch to see what happens. Really, really strong rebounder. Really good field goal percentage player. Um, can block shots okay, but a really bad free throw percentage player as well. So we need to watch that. There's Markeith Morris, who I have no interest in fantasy, really. A lot of people are getting big on Cam Thomas. 
All right, Cam Thomas has actually got an ADP of 168 on Fantrax, 145 on Yahoo. And I'll say it right now, I don't get it. He can score. We've saw, saw it at Summer League. He averaged 30 points per game. He can do nothing else. He can't really... He's not even a good three-point shooter. He's not a good passer. He's not a good defender. He can't rebound. He can do one thing, and that's score when he's the one who's running everything, and he's not running everything. Kyrie, Curry, Harris, Mills. These are all guys ahead of him. Do you think one of the... Yes, Harris could be out. Kyrie could be out. But I'm going to need two or three of those guys out before I even consider Cam Thomas in a 12-team league. I think he's being highly overrated. He was 354th last season in 18 minutes in category leagues. What was he in points leagues, old Cam Thomas? 332 in points leagues, averaging 14 fantasy points. I don't see him rising to be a 26 fantasy point guy to be like draftable. I don't see how it happens. Maybe I'm just wrong. We use this big step forward and they limit Harris and Mills and Curry because so Cam Thomas can play. I honestly just don't see how that happens. Paddy Mills, we talked about already, way overrated at the moment. Yuta Watanabe, they've signed. Edmund Sumner, they've signed. Watanabe is an okay player. And if Warren is hurt, he will get rotation minutes. And then Kessler Edwards, a guy that I really liked last season. They brought him back. They still don't have um, David Duke on the roster. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. I think Duke will come back at some point, but he's not there yet, which is weird. I thought he was good too. But again, opportunities for Edwards aren't really there. O'Neal comes into his place. Simmons plays in his place. Uh, Warren will play in his place. I don't really see the opportunity. He's 22 as well. He's not super young. He's not super old. But he is a guy that does have an okay fantasy profile. Can hit some threes, can get some steals, can be an okay rebounder. He's a one to watch in dynasty formats. I don't think we're going to see a huge role from him this season. But he's a name to watch. And then Alondez Williams on the two-way, I just don't. Unless there's just a raft of injuries with all of those guards we talked about already. Kyrie, Curry, Harris, Mills, Thomas. Williams is way down that list. And I just don't think we're going to see very much out of him at all. At all. And that will do it for me. Talking about the Brooklyn Nets for fantasy for this upcoming season. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.